It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Question. How much longer till global power structures play much bigger and more dangerous cards in the planetary asylum? As climate intervention operations continue to rage in skies all over the world, this new warning from the so-called science community. Summer has transformed into, quote, danger season. Hurricanes, heat, fire, smoke, drought. Is it time to stop sugarcoating summer, they ask? Another question. Did the so-called experts even mention climate engineering operations? What do you think? For the record, danger season is from now on and from every direction. And even now, how many are caught up in the completely scripted political circus of mass distraction and insanity? The walls are closing in fast, and for the record, there's no place to hide from what's being done in our skies by governments all over the world, actively or passively colluding and cooperating on climate engineering operations. It cannot be otherwise. There is no other possibility Climate engineering can't be carried out over an individual country. There has to be global cooperation, and indeed there is. All are preparing for imminent collapse. Some of the reports to be covered today. Let's start with this. From the Boulder City Review, Lake Mead level decline worse than anticipated. It was bad enough with what was anticipated, wasn't it? Now it's worse. Control the weather, control the water, control food production, destabilize and control populations, connect the dots. On that note, here's a few headlines from last week that serve as harbingers of what's coming for all of us. Ecuador facing food and fuel shortages as country rocked by violent protests. Governments reject conditions for dialogue to end days of indigenous-led demonstrations against economic policy. Ultimately, it's biosphere collapse fueling all of this, including fueling the warp speed agenda of global power structures. Where does that fit into the equation? You decide. Another headline, same theme of collapse. Ecuador. Repression of protest is causing a human rights crisis. Also from Ecuador, protests take increasingly violent turn in capital. What happens when there's not enough to go around? The law of the jungle prevails very, very quickly, blindingly fast. Keep in mind, it's not just the orchestrated mega droughts that are killing crops, as I mentioned a moment ago about Lake Mead. I'll get to more of that shortly. Biblical flooding is doing the same. And here's a footnote that the government would rather you didn't hear about. The massive, deadly, and destructive New Mexico wildfire. Specifically, who started it? In fact, the largest wildfire in New Mexico history started by the U.S. Forest Service, not just in one location, but multiple locations. How about that? Will they be held responsible? What do you think? Will they admit to the climate engineering factor in the equation, climate engineering being the single greatest part of the puzzle that is setting the stage for these fires to burn with such ferocity. That is an undeniable science fact that the data is reviewed. I'm not talking about the source of ignition. That's a separate subject completely. I'm talking about what is setting the conditions for these fires to burn in a way that they have never burned before. Search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn what most don't want to know. Back to the drought deluge scenarios that can and are being utilized for countless controller agendas. This headline from last week, Abbott Baby Formula Plant shuts down for a second time in four months as severe flooding hits the building. 
more to come on that. And this footnote, unprecedented drought and deluge, again, the hallmarks of climate engineering operations. For the record, there can be no legitimate discussion of the climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the climate intervention operations, the crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex, a weapon with which the power structures can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they're under assault. On the same theme, this new headline, UN Food Chief has halved refugee meal rations as global hunger crisis worsens. More on that to come. Already starving countries now having their food rations cut in half. Let's plug this into the equation from the RockefellerFoundation.org. This recent report headline, Reset the Table, Meeting the Moment to Transform the U.S. Food System. Indeed, the global food system. Do you think the Rockefellers have your best interest in mind? Really? Another headline, same theme. U.S. farmers issue dire warnings of looming food shortages as most Americans are clueless as to how their food is produced and unprepared for what's coming. That's an understatement. They're not prepared at all. Too busy with their iPhones, football games, six packs of beer, and pizza. Forgive me for sounding so jaded. It's only because I am jaded but undaunted. I will remain at my appointed post till my last breath, no matter what comes. Let's detour for a quick but terribly dire COVID-19 vaccination update. Let's start with this from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s childrenshealthdefense.org. CDC admits it never monitored the vaccine adverse event recording system for COVID-19 vaccine safety signals. Yes, the Centers for Disease Control, eyes wide shut, just how Big Pharma wants them to be. From the report, a stunning development in response to a Freedom of Information request submitted by Children's Health Defense, that's from Robert F. Kennedy's group, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last week admitted it never analyzed the vaccine adverse event reporting system for safety signals from COVID-19 vaccines. That is truly staggering, head completely in the sand, by design. You can't find what you refuse to look for. And those statistics are horrifying from the VAERS website, Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System, and the Endura Vigilance System in Europe. Statistics that show negative and dire reactions to these vaccinations that are into the millions. And it's a small fraction of the actual events that are happening because the various systems only record from 1% to 5% of what's occurring. Another headline from last week, same theme. Pfizer classified almost all severe adverse events during COVID vaccine trials. They stated, quote, not related to shots. Really? From that report, the case reports included in Pfizer clinical trial documents released earlier this month by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration revealed a trend of classifying almost all vaccine adverse events and in particular severe adverse events as being, quote, not related to the vaccine. Hear no evil, see no evil. As I've stated so many times on this broadcast, so-called public protection agencies actually exist to mask threats from the population, not to disclose them. The report continues. The latest release by the FDA of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine documents reveals numerous instances of participants who sustained severe adverse events during Phase 3 trials. Some of these participants withdrew from the trials, some were dropped, and some died. The 80,000-page document cache includes an extensive set of case report forms, CFRs, 
from Pfizer Phase 3 trials conducted at various locations in the U.S., in addition to other documentation pertaining to participants in Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine trials worldwide. Again, CFR's case report forms show deaths, severe reactions to the vaccine during Phase 3 trials. Here's more statistics to ponder. The bad news kind. Data compiled by the International Olympic Committee show 1,101 sudden deaths. That's now called SAD, sudden adult death syndrome, like SIDS in children, sudden infant death syndrome. So many seem to occur shortly after vaccinations. But they've recorded the International Olympic Committee 1,101 sudden deaths in athletes under age 35 between 1966 and 2004, giving us an average annual rate of 29 across all sports. Meanwhile, between March 2021 and March 2022 alone, a single year, at least 769 athletes have suffered cardiac arrest, collapse, and or have died on the field worldwide. That's an increase of 26.5 times the annual average from previous years. Should that get our attention? A 2,600% increase since the COVID vaccines were introduced? More headlines from last week. More evidence of population reduction effects of COVID vaccines as study shows decreased sperm counts in men following vaccination. On Friday, the Journal of Andrology published a peer-reviewed paper showing large decreases in sperm counts among men after the second dose of Pfizer mRNA COVID vaccine. The new science study offers hard evidence that the mRNA vaccines present a systemic risk to men's sperm counts. Another headline last week, Centers for Disease Control approves COVID vaccines for youngest kids. The CDC Advisory Committee voted unanimously in favor of the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines for children as young as six months. Now let's add this from the Epoch Times. White House health official makes false claim about COVID vaccines. A White House official made a false claim on June 20th about COVID-19 vaccines while encouraging parents to get their young children vaccinated. Dr. Ashish Yah, the White House's COVID-19 response coordinator said that, quote, there have not been any serious side effects of these vaccines, end quote. Contrary to Dr. Yaw's claim, severe allergic reactions, blood clotting, heart inflammation, and paralysis are among the serious side effects linked to the three COVID-19 vaccines that are available in the United States. Now let's add this report. Breaking, 58 babies who received mRNA COVID-19 vaccines suffered life-threatening adverse events. An analysis of the VAERS reports, that's Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System, shows that the contrary to the FDA's briefing document claiming that the majority of adverse events in Pfizer's clinical trial were not serious, at least 58 cases of life-threatening side effects in infants under three years old who received the mRNA vaccines were reported. The most common serious adverse events were life-threatening bleeding, anaphylactic shock, anticholinergic syndrome, encephalitis, hypoglycemia, and neuroleptic syndrome. In most of the reported cases, these are multi-system injuries. Again, it's imperative to remember and consider that as bad as the CDC VAERS data appears to be, statistics show that only about 1-5% to of vaccine adverse reactions are actually reported, meaning the true damage being done is exponentially worse than what we can even know. Another headline from last week, Centers for Disease Control Ignored Vaccine Data Emails Reveal Gross Negligence. Is that any surprise? Again, for the record, the CDC's VAERS data reveals COVID-19 vaccine adverse reactions into the millions. Europe's Endura Vigilance data, which is the European equivalent of the CDC VAERS data, reveals far worse statistics still. 
several times more than the VAERS data. Question, what will it take? How bad does it have to get before a significant percentage of populations face the fact that they are being categorically deceived on the most dire scenarios imaginable? Given the fact that all the core global power brokers have long since made known their objective of drastically cooling populations, is it even remotely reasonable to believe that the same controllers are just here to help? I think not. Time to wake up. You're listening to the weekly Bad News Broadcast, the Global Alert News Hour, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, geoengineeringwatch.org, and is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in many regions throughout the U.S. This is Dane Wigginton, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel versions of the Global Alert News Broadcast. We hope you will subscribe to our YouTube channel and help us to circulate our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled The Dimming, available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Help us to expand our voice and in doing so, to more effectively sound the alarm. Again, our website, geoengineeringwatch.org, G-E-O, the word engineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited source in the world on the subject of covert climate intervention operations. On that note, back to the rapidly drying up Lake Mead and the tens of millions that will very soon face having no water. What then? So few seemed to see it coming, and even now, few grasp what is coming. What is almost here, starting with Las Vegas and surrounding communities being waterless in a scorching desert. For the record, geoengineeringwatch.org has warned for a decade and a half that all of this was coming. Climate engineering operations made it inevitable. Another breaking report on Lake Mead. A mega drought is draining Lake Mead faster than anticipated. Week after week, I have these headlines. It's worse than we thought, happening faster than we thought, worse than we anticipated. It's because they're not telling us the truth. And now it's at the point where they can't hide it any longer. This report states Lake Mead has dropped to an all-time low of 28% of capacity. Should Lake Mead fall below its, quote, dead pool level of 895 feet, Hoover Dam would be unable to release water downriver to California, Arizona, and Mexico. But there are problems right now. I'll get to that in a moment. Climate change, they say, including hotter temperatures leading to less snowfall, drier soil, and other conditions have created declines in water systems never seen before. And, of course, no mention of climate engineering operations, the single largest drought-creating factor of all. Climate intervention operations, disrupting the hydrological cycle, reducing atmospheric relative humidity, completely derailing the planet's life support systems. Let's take 60 seconds to hear a new ABC disinformation report on how lots of printed money from thin air is going to magically make it all better. Here it is. ABC 15 taking an in-depth look at our water crisis here. It's our impact or its special report, Running Dry. So how bad is the drought and what's being done to protect our most precious resource? The federal government sending Arizona millions of dollars to secure our state's water future. $50 million is going to go towards conserving at least 100,000 acre feet along the Colorado River. It is enough water for 200,000 homes every year. Going toward the Verde River Sediment Mitigation Project will get half a million dollars to assess whether it would be feasible to make the reservoir larger. 
what we're doing is looking at our system, looking at 100 years, looking at what future demand would look like, looking at what climate change impacts on our system look like to understand exactly what we need the system to look and operate like to provide reliable water to the valley. So SRP and the Bureau of Reclamation, they started working on this study 18 months ago, looking at ways to bring more water to the valley and a total of more than $8 billion will be allocated for Western water infrastructure for the next five years. Absolute total propaganda intended to pacify populations to the last possible moment, which now draws near. We don't have five years. Our collective reality will likely hit the wall in many forms within the next year let alone the 100-year time horizon that the state official in this ABC audio mentioned. Total delusion. Another headline from last week, multiple sources. As Colorado River reservoirs drop, western states urge to, quote, act now. From that report, the Interior Department is seeking emergency water use cuts to reduce the risks of Lake Mead and Lake Powell, the country's two largest reservoirs declining to dangerously low levels next year. Oops, too late should have looked up and focused on the weather warfare operations that are the primary factor reducing rainfall over the western U.S. and so many other locations around the world. With the global hydrological cycle now completely disrupted and climate intervention operations further fueling that disruption. Biblical deluge is also occurring in countless other regions. That's what happens when you disrupt the hydrological cycle. Epic drought and deluge. The hallmarks of the climate engineering insanity. Final excerpt from the previous report addressing the now drying up Colorado River. State officials and managers of water agencies have yet to determine how they could accomplish such large reductions in water use. Finding ways of achieving the cutbacks will be the focus of negotiations in the coming weeks between representatives of the seven states and the Biden administration. Major cuts of up to 4 million acre feet will be needed next year to keep reservoirs from dropping to, quote, critical levels. But again, critically low water levels are here now. About cutting 4 million acre feet per year. For comparison, California, Arizona, and Nevada used a total of about 7 million acre feet of Colorado River water last year. What's going to happen if you cut that by much more than half? But the problem is even bigger than that, because that big of a cut still isn't enough. And there's this excerpt to consider from the report. The flow of the Colorado has declined nearly 20% since the year 2000. Scientists estimate that about half the decrease in runoff in the watershed has been caused by higher temperatures linked to global warming, they say. And this heat-driven drying, which scientists describe as aridification, is projected to worsen as temperatures continue to climb. And that's not even plugged into their equation yet. And what else is not considered in this equation? Of course, climate engineering, aerosol spraying operations. These are desiccant particles. Aluminum is a desiccant. That's why it's used in deodorants or was until people figured out that it was killing them. These particles suck up atmospheric moisture, which then sucks it out of soils, waters, foliage, everything else. That is part of climate engineering, creating a scenario called VPD, vapor pressure deficit, which means the atmosphere sucks up all available moisture and flora, shut down. They close their stomata. They stop breathing. They stop uptaking carbon. They stop releasing oxygen. That's what's happening. And climate engineering is core to all of us. And the so-called science community will not admit to this problem because their paychecks, their pensions, their grants all depend on them not acknowledging this elephant in the sky. Another headline last week, ABC News as well. Water levels at Lake Mead are, quote, dangerously close to hitting Deadpool status. From that report, water levels in Lake Mead are continuing to deplete to dangerous levels, so much so that the reservoir could soon hit the, quote, Deadpool levels. 
There's more. The minimum surface elevation needed to generate power at the Hoover Dam is 1,050 feet, according to the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation. The water levels at Lake Mead measured 1,043 feet Thursday morning, less than the minimum required to generate power. And for the record, Lake Shasta and Lake Orville in Northern California are following the same trajectory as Mead. So is Lake Powell. No water, no crop irrigation, no food, population powerless, connect the puzzle pieces. On that note, a follow-up headline to the UN Cutting Emergency Food Rationing. UN Food Agency announces further refugee ration cuts as well, cutting these rations in half from already starving nations and now refugees. But wait, Bill Gates is here to save us, right? Or is he? Last week, this headline, Attorney General intervenes after Bill Gates buys a massive amount of farmland in North Dakota. Another point to ponder on this subject, Gates is already the largest farmland owner in the U.S. Though, if the human race remains on the current trajectory, it will do him no good. Not on a dead planet. Moving on, from Bloomberg, world faces shortages of popular food products. Just the beginning. And how about the price of gas? How about no gas? It's coming and already occurring in other parts of the world. Here's a case in point. From last week, Sri Lanka shuts down due to fuel shortage. Sri Lanka's entire public sector will be shut down as severe fuel shortages have crippled the island nation, which is facing an existential economic crisis. It's not just economic. It all relates to biosphere collapse and resource depletion. The report continues. Apparently, the government knows how to fix everything. Here's what it says. The government, which has also declared Fridays as holidays, has approved a grant of one holiday per week for the next three months to government officials so that they can engage in farming in order to alleviate the looming food crisis. Yeah, that'll fix everything. And how well are things growing? You can't grow anything in Northern California because the sun is far too intense, too low of atmospheric humidity, too dry of soils, soil microbiome is done dead because of the contaminants coming down in the rain, changing soil pH values, and no official agency is saying a thing. They blame everything on the beetles. The beetles, they say, are what's killing the trees, what's killing the forest, or the standby backup lie that the forests are dying and burning because we're not cutting down enough trees. I wonder how much the logging industry paid for that one. I know a number of agency officials in the state of California that I hope are listening to our Northern California broadcast, and if they are, I ask this, when will you find the courage to band together, stand up, and tell the truth? When there's nothing left, too late. Here's the painful truth of the matter. In the geologic blink of an eye, the human race has decimated our once thriving planet. The reckoning isn't just coming, it's here, now, and it will get worse at blinding speed with climate engineering further fueling that process. Also for the record, if Earth was the size of a basketball, the atmosphere would be as thin as a layer of paint. A miraculous atmosphere which allows life to exist on this ball of rock spinning through the hostile environment of space. More than any other factor, climate intervention operations and all that they involve have delivered us to this very dark hour. If the human race remains in the current course, none of us will be around for much longer. You can quote me on that. The warp speed actions of global power structures, their agendas and their objectives, aren't hard to decipher for those that don't have their eyes wide shut. About the rapidly darkening wider horizon, this report from last week, physicists 
predict Earth will become a chaotic world with dire consequences. From the report, humans aren't just making Earth warmer. They're making the climate chaotic, a stark new study suggests. In regard to climate chaos, and I'm not denying all the forms of anthropogenic damage to the planet. We've been unbelievably horrible stewards of this planet. We've treated, treated it with unimaginable contempt. But the climate chaos is most directly linked to climate intervention operations. And that's going to get worse very quickly. That part is true. No legitimate discussion about the climate from any perspective without addressing the climate engineering elephant in the sky. Report then says this. In the worst case scenario, the researchers found that Earth's climate leads to chaos. True mathematical chaos. In a chaotic system, there is no equilibrium and no repeatable patterns. A chaotic climate would have seasons that change wildly from decade to decade or even year to year. How about day to day? How about when it goes from 94 degrees to snow in a day and back to 94 in a day or two later, as it just did in Denver and it's happening all over the world? How about that? That can only come with climate engineering operations, period, end of story. What an utter betrayal by the so-called climate science community. All the science communities, with very few exceptions, in one form or another, total betrayal. All of them, for a paycheck and a pension, have completely abandoned their honor, their morals, their virtue. The only things we can truly call our own, and they have abandoned them, for monetary gain. From the time I was a boy, I believed I was on the wrong planet for exactly these kinds of reasons, and I believe it now more than ever. The worse it gets, the more abysmal the behavior is from so many. From Wired.com and other sources, this. This year's extreme weather is just getting started. How true that is. What do the climate engineers have planned for us for the rest of the year? We'll soon enough find out. But not to worry. Los Angeles has figured out how to fix it all. This headline from last week, Los Angeles may ban new gas stations to help combat climate emergency. Good luck with that. It's like deciding to buy a parachute after you've already leapt from the plane. If LA wants to do something meaningful to turn the tide of statistically certain near-term planetary omnicide, they need to make their voice heard in the battle to expose and halt climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare assault. And from Phoenix, Arizona, this... Sweltering streets, hundreds of homeless die in extreme heat. Now consider that all those who think affluence and air conditioning will save them from now on, think again. The water's about to run out, and the power is about to go with it. Those that don't believe it will soon. Wait and see. On that note about the weather and the heat, consider this title of a so-called science study published in 2020. The cost of stratospheric aerosol injection through the year 2100. What is stratospheric aerosol injection? For those that don't know, this is the premise of climate engineering operations to use jet aircraft to spray particles into the atmosphere to create artificial cloud cover to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy. What else do you do? You totally disrupt the hydrological cycle. You trap more heat than you deflect. You destroy the ozone layer, which is an existential threat by itself. You completely contaminate the entire surface of the planet and a long list of other dire consequences that it would take me too long to go into right now. That's what stratospheric aerosol injection is. It's called SAG. That's the acronym. And we now know from the most recent and extensive studies that doing so only creates short-term temporary toxic cooling at the cost of a much more protracted 
and accelerated overall warming, exactly what GeoengineeringWatch.org has stated on the record for a decade and a half, and yet we still have so-called climate scientists claiming that the only thing saving us from immediate incineration is all the sprayed particulates into our atmosphere. True circus of insanity. So what's this new report say? Here's a few excerpts, and you can decide for yourself who's right or who's wrong. It says, relative to mitigation, adaptation, or negative emissions technologies, climate intervention in the form of SAI, that's stratospheric aerosol injection, what I just mentioned, remains extraordinarily inexpensive. Inexpensive as long as you don't consider the consequences of killing the entire planet. They say the technology appears to be quite straightforward. They then say, stratospheric aerosol injection deployment would entail a massive industrial undertaking with scores of, and soon hundreds, of planes deploying millions of tons of material into the stratosphere every day for decades from many bases around the globe, exactly what's happening now and has been happening for decades. They then say, nonetheless, returning our focus to the narrow lens of deployment costs, stratospheric aerosol injection continues to appear remarkably inexpensive, even if we extend our gaze out to the end of this century. The economics remain, quote, incredible. I'm absolutely speechless. How can anyone that's still sane actually comprehend the kind of insanity being pushed by so-called scientists in this report that spraying our skies forever with deadly nanoparticle pollution of heavy metals and polymers will save us all from industrialized pollution that's also in our air, and we can then live happily ever after? Yes, trust the so-called experts. Welcome to the asylum. From Forbes.com last week, this... Geoengineering, same thing, stratospheric aerosol injection, what we just covered. Injecting aerosols into the atmosphere is, quote, dangerous and untested. Untested? How about 75 plus years of ongoing climate engineering atrocities in our skies, and let's still pretend it's not going on because it's not socially acceptable to talk about this elephant in the sky because it's just simply too overwhelming? Forgive me, one more on this theme from last week. This one from Resilience.com. Climate scientists ban solar geoengineering. Oh, good. It must be over then, right? Because they say it's not happening to begin with. They say solar geoengineering, the case for an international non-use agreement. Let's pretend that we can ban it and that it's not already going on. They then say it calls for an international treaty to outlaw attempts to reduce global heating by blocking sunlight from reaching Earth. They then state... The current global governance system is unfit to develop and implement the far-reaching agreements needed to maintain fair, inclusive, and effective political control over solar geoengineering deployment. They say the United Nations General Assembly, the United Nations Environmental Program, or the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change are all incapable of guaranteeing equitable and effective multilateral control over deployment of solar geoengineering technologies at a planetary scale. They then state this, the United Nations Security Council, dominated by only five countries with veto power, lacks the global legitimacy that would be required to effectively regulate solar geoengineering deployment. Governments and the United Nations should take effective political control and restrict the development of solar geoengineering technologies before it's too late. Newsflash, way, way too late already. And this type of reporting only pacifies populations into thinking it's not already going on. And we have a lot of so-called environmental groups like ETC Group doing exactly that. Groups that are trying to protect their 501 nonprofit status, pretending that climate engineering isn't going on, and pretending they're passing some sort of moratorium on something that's already been going on for 75 years. Total deception on every front. So-called environmental groups across the board, all the big ones, 
systematically denying the climate engineering factor, the single most destructive human activity of all, and they deny it. None of those groups should get a cent from anyone. We'll dive deeper into the breaking bad news headlines in a moment. But first, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 359, June 25th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations. Again, the website, geoengineeringwatch.org. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and Pittsburgh. We've added now. We're working on more every day. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share this groundbreaking film is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. Final footnote, you can find geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high-quality printed materials that we pass on at below our cost in that case, and we've just added Climate Engineering Conversation Starters, our new geoengineeringwatch.org shirts, scannable business cards, and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Doing so is the first and most important step toward getting the as-of-yet uninformed to look up. Moving on, climate intervention operations continue to do what they do best, wreak havoc on the environment and every breath we take. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast, UN Food Chief has halved refugee meal rations as global hunger crisis worsens. From that report, food riot risks continue to soar worldwide as the head of the food aid branch of the United Nations halved meal rations for refugees. On Monday, David Beasley, director of the UN World Food Program, stated, quote, as global hunger soars way beyond the resources available to feed all the families who desperately need the help, we're being forced to make the heartbreaking decision to cut food rations for refugees who rely on us for their survival. The shortage of essential food staples putting millions of lives in jeopardy and risk destabilizing countries will be a top threat through at least 2023. Really, is it going to magically disappear after 2023 when things are only going to get worse? How many buy that kind of deception? Too many. As a reminder, Rockefeller Foundation President Raj Shah initiated the six-month countdown to a massive immediate food crisis in April. They knew it was coming, and they've helped to create it. Climate engineering is crushing food crops all over the globe, not denying anthropogenic damage to the planet at all. But climate engineering is a covert weapon of war, period. On that note, more details on this headline that I covered at the start of this broadcast. Abbott Baby Formula Plant shuts down for a second time in four months as severe flooding hits building. From that report, Abbott has halted production once again at its Michigan plant that has been at the center of the nation's months-long baby formula shortage crisis. This time, it shut down for severe flooding in parts of the building. The facility had just reopened on June 4th after being closed since February 2022. Didn't last long, did it? 
Climate engineering, a.k.a. record floods, record drought, and engineered atmospheric high-pressure heat domes, a.k.a. the HARP Ionosphere Heater Facility in Alaska and other similar installations about the heat domes, which I talk about on this broadcast often. This report from last week. Residents across the central United States have barely had time to cool down after days of brutal heat smashed records across a wide swath of the country. Now, AccuWeather forecasters say Mother Nature yeah, right. Is set to crank up the thermostat to dangerous levels once again. Temperatures inside parked cars and other vehicles, that's the UV making that far worse, by the way. The penetrating heat from the disintegrating ozone layer and other vehicles will also rise to dangerous levels early this upcoming week amid searing heat and intense sunshine. A northward bulge in the jet stream will keep sizzling heat centered over much of the plains and portions of the Mississippi River Valley to end the weekend. This setup is sometimes referred to as a, quote, heat dome. Yes, that's exactly what it is. They just won't tell you the core causal factor in that scenario. What else are the high-pressure heat domes used for regarding climate engineering? In the northern hemisphere, a high-pressure heat dome rotates the upper-level wind currents clockwise. Thus, it rotates moisture clockwise around that high-pressure heat dome. Where does that moisture go? It piles up somewhere. Guess where it piled up recently? Yellowstone. This headline, Yellowstone flooding underscores environmental pressures facing U.S. national parks. Environmental pressures, including climate engineering operations. Again, the factor that no official agency will admit to. Uh, Drought deluge scenarios, as stated again and again, the hallmark of climate intervention operations. What happens with all this fluctuation These extremes, the toxic environment, the disintegrating ozone layer, everything is dying, isn't it? From DWTV in Germany, this, biodiversity loss is humanity's greatest threat, but it's not just that. It's not that simple. The ozone layer collapse alone, which causes biodiversity loss, but it causes everything to die terrestrially and most aquatic life as well. And we face functional ozone layer collapse in an extremely short duration, based on the latest calculations in perhaps less than 18 to 24 months, that statistic is getting a little dated now from the last update I had from the NASA contract engineer that measures UV for geoengineeringwatch.org. So we have a compartmentalization going on that masks the true severity of the overall total horizontal collapse from humanity until we hit the wall at full velocity, and that's what's coming. For the record, I wish with all of my heart that none of this was true. But how can we change reality if we aren't even willing to face it? Answer, we can't. Moving on, more heat domes and what they're causing. Unprecedented heat wave cooks Western Europe with temperatures hitting 43 degrees Celsius. Am I saying it wouldn't be hot without the ionosphere heater-induced heat domes? No, I'm not saying that. We are building up the greenhouse gases on the planet, not just CO2, but methane, and nitrous oxide, and there are other gases, hexafluorothane, for example, used in solar panel production that's 17,000 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas, and no, I didn't make that figure up. Lots of layers to this equation. When you you build up the thickness of this heat-trapping atmosphere, it's going to get warmer, but when you magnify that with what climate engineering is doing, you create extraordinarily dire situations, and that's what's occurring. From this report... Faced with this exceptional record high temperature situation, festive, sporting, and cultural events were canceled in France. Scientists have said that the multiplication of heat waves in Europe is a direct consequence of global warming, with the World Meteorological Association warning this is only, quote, a foretaste of the future. 
None of these entities willing to admit to the climate engineering elephant in this equation again. Next headline from last week, scorching Middle East heat produces 126 degree temperatures in Iran. Millions set to swelter as intense heat builds for summer solstice, and it's not cooling off at night, and that is key. Nighttime temperatures rising twice as fast as daytime highs. Why? Because of the thickness of greenhouse gases not allowing that heat to escape, and because climate engineering also traps heat. doesn't just deflect daytime high temperatures. It traps heat at night. Disrupting the hydrological cycle, killing forests, which then increases even more heat. There are so many feedback loops in play at this moment. We are at warp speed heading toward near-term self-annihilation. Some in-depth details on that subject in a moment. First this, from last week, dry thunderstorms could spark wildfires in California. The report states the western part of the United States in general is experiencing its driest period in at least 1,200 years. Been over that many times. According to a recent peer-reviewed study published in the journal Nature of Climate Change, the Golden State has been plagued by significant drought for much of the last decade. We all know that. With at least eight of the past 10 years resulting in below-average rainfall, they're all below-average in regard to orographically enhanced rain. Keep that in mind. Even if a region like Redding, California, records anywhere near normal rainfall, the normally highly enhanced rainfall, it's called orographic enhanced rainfall, that can be two, three, even four times higher in the surrounding mountains. That is not occurring, and it's not being reported, so the rainfall is far less than we're even being told, as bad as it is. The report then says that this has often led to the state and local officials to institute water restrictions in many towns and cities. Last month, state officials once again turned to water reactions to combat water shortages. One of their so-called reactions is to build the dams higher, But how incredibly futile would that be when we can't even fill the dams we have? I've had face-to-face conversations with Congressman Doug LaMalfa and his staff when he proposed building Shasta Dam higher. And my point to Mr. LaMalfa was how, again, futile would that be when we can't even fill the dams we have? And his office won't admit to the climate engineering elephant in the equation, and they know absolutely positively it's going on. They know. I was told by his staff that they were told to shut up about this issue, and that's exactly what they did. Here's the climate engineering setup we face in the West. A rainless winter in much of Northern California, so the trees are dying and dead. And just enough late-season rain to make sure the grasses grew thick and high. Worst possible wildfire scenario. Now add climate engineering fallout. An incendiary dust that further fuels the incinerations. Want to know more? Search the Engineering Wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And to those that roll their eyes and try to convince themselves that our so-called government would never do any of this, keep telling yourself that while you can. Next headline. Crossing fire thresholds can quickly turn blazes dangerous. Again, all the factors I mentioned are part of this equation. No official agency willing to admit to any of it. Next headline. Pollution from California's wildfires likely offset decades of air quality gains. From that report, an analysis published this week in the Annal of Air Quality Life Index, researchers found that wildfire smoke likely offset decades of state and federal anti-pollution efforts. They say nationally, 29 of the top 30 counties in the U.S. with the highest level of particulate pollution are in California. Now, let's add this to the equation. Geoengineeringwatch.org captured time-lapse film footage of massive aerosol spraying operations being conducted directly on top of the Paradise Fire smoke canopy. What's that about? Just our government here to help? And to our U.S. military brothers and sisters, you took an oath 
to protect your countrymen from all threats, foreign and domestic. A good intention is not enough. If you are participating in what amounts to programs of planetary omnicide, you are failing miserably in the oath you took. In regard to things our government does and then tells us about later when they can't hide it any longer, last week from the New York Times, the government set a colossal wildfire. What are victims owed? It started small with a team of federal employees using drip torches to ignite a prescribed burn in Santa Fe National Forest aimed at thinning out dense pine woodlands. But as April winds howled across the mountains of brittle dry northern New Mexico, driving the fire over its boundaries and soon into the path of another out-of-control prescribed burn, and then grew into the largest wildfire in New Mexico history. And now listen to this excerpt from this report. The federal employees perceived, quote, pressure to, quote, accomplish the mission. What was that mission, really? Again, this question. Is it acceptable to contribute to total catastrophe and carnage because you were told to do so by so-called superiors? Does that question even deserve an answer? Next headline. Dangerous, quote, heat dome, again, shifts eastward. Triple-digit temps expected for southeast. A heat dome hovering over the northern plains has begun to shift eastward early this week, expected to bring triple-digit temperatures across the southern and eastern regions of the U.S. Dangerous heat will continue to make headlines from the central U.S. to the southeast. One more day of well above normal. That's a, a gross understatement. Record and record-breaking heat is expected from the central plains to the upper Midwest. That's a lot more above normal, isn't it? The center of the heat dome begins to transition further east on Tuesday. I'm going to stop there with that report, and I'm going to continue to ask this. What will it take to wake populations up to the fact that what we face is nothing short of a fight for life now, not somewhere off in the future, now? And it's not just climate engineering. Every form of human activity that harms the former energy balance of the planet is a problem, climate engineering being the worst of all. On that theme from Time Magazine last week, what extreme heat does to the human body. From that report, when heat and humidity are both high, sweating becomes less effective. This is the wet bulb effect I've talked about in so many broadcasts. Because the air is already saturated with moisture, the blood doesn't cool down, and as a result, the body's core temperature increases, triggering a series of emergency protocols to protect vital functions. Blood flow to the skin increases, straining the heart. For every 0.5 degrees C, that's 1 degrees Fahrenheit, in core temperature increase, a typical person's heartbeat goes up 10 beats per minute, resulting in a racing pulse and a sense of lightheadedness. The brain tells the muscles to slow down, causing fatigue. Nerve cells misfire, leading to headache, nausea, or even vomiting. Excessive sweating throws your electrolytes out of whack and can cause cramping. This is the beginning of heat exhaustion, and if it's not treated with shade, rest, and some kind of electrolyte replacement, it can quickly veer into dangerous territory. If the core temperature continues to rise past 40 degrees C, that's 104 Fahrenheit, organs start shutting down and cells deteriorate. An overtaxed heart can go into cardiac arrest. This is called heat stroke. Victims may start to hallucinate or have seizures. Many will stop sweating entirely and exhibit hot, dry skin instead. Internally, inflammation accelerates, putting pressure on the kidneys. Kidneys are usually the first to go, says Jason Lee, an expert on the impact of heat on the human body at the Human Potential Translation Research Program at the Lin School of Medicine in Singapore. When the kidneys begin to shut down, all the toxins that have built up can't be excreted and your body becomes toxic. That in turn impacts other organs which begin to fail one by one. 
to all those that don't think any of this is going to ever affect you, think again. If we remain in the current course, air conditioning won't save anyone because there won't be any. We're already free-falling into a runaway climate collapse. The climate intervention operations radically accelerating the process. The equation is already exponential. Think feedback loops. On that note, this headline. Last week, for many sources, off the scale. Warmer Arctic Ocean fueling climate feedback loop faster than previously known. How many times have I said that? That this is coming. It's far worse than we're being told now. They're having to admit it because they can't hide it any longer. From that report, this statement. This is one of the scariest reports I have ever seen. End quote. That statement's from a climate scientist in response to the new study. At least they're starting to tell the truth. For those that don't know this, Why is the ocean so important? Because a cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times the energy of a cubic meter of air. Keep that in mind. And the oceans are superheating, and that's going to go into the atmosphere. Oceans can't absorb anymore. Let's keep going with a few more headlines. I'm running out of time. New research reveals glaciers are melting at record speed. No surprise. Another headline. Last week, melting Arctic ice could transform international shipping routes, study finds. Not going to matter too much. When the planet's dead, not going to have anything to ship over the polar regions then, are we? Another headline, Arctic sea ice, June 2022, why the situation is so dangerous. Arctic sea ice at record low, so is the mass. And this, also breaking report from last week, Antarctic sea ice hits new record low. Imagine that. All the while, the climate engineering onslaught rages on in our skies, decimating the planet and contaminating every breath we take. And all of it, unnoticed by the majority of the masses. Such total denial is indeed difficult to rationally comprehend. On that note, this headline from last week, undeterred by climate change, U.S. homeowners are moving to climate-vulnerable areas, i.e., like Miami. Good luck with that. Bring your snorkel. You'll need it soon enough. The same segment of the population is, of course, undeterred by the shockingly obvious climate engineering atrocities. Again, no surprise. More headlines. Gigantic warming pool severely disrupting marine life discovered in the Pacific Ocean. It's happening all over the globe. It's called Canfield Ocean. That's a superheated, stratified, oxygenless dead zone. And that's what's happening again all over the globe. Oceans die, we die. Simple. It's happening at blinding speed. And all the while, how much of the population is focused on iPhones, scripted political theater, and sporting events? Yes, it seems we're all doomed. Another headline, marine heat waves during winter could have dire impacts on New Zealand fisheries and herald more summer storms. Could have dire impacts. I already covered in a previous week's broadcast the commercial salmon farming industry in New Zealand crashing, along with salmon farming in so many other parts of the world, Chile, Norway, and as I stated before as well, farm salmon, one of the most toxic foods on the planet. Don't eat it anyway. And there's this, and this needs to be covered. Remember the 10,000 cattle that died in Kansas? And many people think the heat couldn't kill those cattle. They're convinced of that, but that's not true. That kind of heat absolutely can, and it appears did. When you have official temperatures at 108 during the daytime and actual temperatures probably pushing 110 or more, and the nighttime low at 100 from a high-pressure heat dome that is air being pushed down from the heating of the atmosphere with ground-based radio frequency microwave transmitters like HARP. This is not scientifically disputed. They cause an electrical chain reaction in the ionosphere that heats it radically, pushes the air up and down. The downward pushes a high-pressure heat zone, heat dome, and this can cause 
incredibly hot temperatures. Now let's add the disintegrating ozone layer and the intense UV that would have been shining on the skin of the black Angus cows that died, like massive heat sinks. Nowhere to escape that heat. It builds up, and the same effects I just described in the human body happen to the cows. Not a surprise. Not with this kind of heat, not with this kind of weather warfare. But what else is going on at the same time? How about this headline from last week? Late season snow could give parts of the Northeast a taste of winter. This kind of headline sicken me. Old man winter, they say. No, it's climate engineering. They call it old man winter brings wintry scenes and deadly nighttime cold to the higher terrain across the Northeast. Over the weekend, last weekend, weather conditions were extremely unforgiving with blizzard conditions. Think about that. Thousands of cattle dying from 110 degree temperatures, the whole, most of the nation roasting, much of the world roasting, lakes drying up everywhere, and they're having a snowstorm in parts of New York? No, that's not nature. It's called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. They produce a bunch of sensationalized headlines, and it confuses and divides the population as the true state of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment. That's part of the climate engineering agenda. I'm almost out of time. Again, this question. Are we doomed? If we remain on the current course, the answer is yes. But if our collective efforts can push the climate engineering insanity to the full light of day, the entire construct of geoengineering operations could begin to crumble and implode from the inside out as more and more of those participating in one form or another begin to realize that they are literally participating in their own near-term demise and that of their own posterity. Consider this timeless nugget from H.L. Minken. Why do so many expect to find honesty and humanity in government, which is, in reality, nothing more than a conglomeration of institutions whose methods of normal operations consists of lying, cheating, stealing, and, if need be, murdering those who resist. Consider that. And now this. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Inevitably, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. And never, ever forget this. The hallmark of a healthy mind is most profoundly revealed by the character of those that have summoned the courage to face the full fury of unspun truth, no matter how dire that reality is. If we are to have any chance of turning the tide of insanity that we're all drowning in, it's essential that we rise to the occasion, that we, each of us, all of us, dig down deep and summon every ounce of courage and fortitude we can muster. For the record, turning the tide doesn't mean that there's any chance of returning to what was. That's exactly what put us in the stark corner in the first place. That temporary reality was never sustainable, it's gone, and it's not coming back. What we're fighting for now is to salvage what is yet left of the planet's life support systems. The sand in the hourglass continues to run down. Every single day counts in this battle. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Make your voice heard while it can yet make a difference. Until next week, stay strong, never yield, ever. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.